0: Today on our show, we're counting down our top 10 guilty, pleasure guilty pleasures
1: of all time. What up? Let's go, Polly. <laughs> Welcome to the Countdown podcast. I am not quite sure what episode number this is, Paul. Three ninety
0: eight. Three ninety eight. My name is Wayne. He's only had three hundred ninety seven attempts before that to get it That's right. right. Forgot and to write that still bad boy on down. On the great line That's of right. never get it right to the first <laughs> try. My name is Paul. Welcome to the podcast with Countdown movies and sometimes television in order of awesome senior. You do not have to for the third last time, Wayne. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, so this is always our
1: well. I guess it's my embarrassment episode, although they're all my embarrassment episode, you might argue, <laughs> um, uh, where we talk about movies that we rated, but others hated.
0: Yeah, which, now, last week I made a bold claim. I said, oh, we've done the top 10 disappointing films of all time mm. before. No, I'd done that list in preparation early in the show days, but we never actually recorded it. Oh, really? This one we have done. We have done guilty films pleasures. we rape but other people hate. That's right. Around about, and I didn't look at the exact number, but circa <laughs> episode 14 or 15. Bloody hell. So we are now talking many, many moons ago. More than seven years ago we did this topic. So and if you think I remember one thing about that episode, you were wrong. I went back and had a look at my last list. I've changed a whole bunch of things around. There's some things I thought was a guilty pleasure then that have grown in people's estimation over that time and no longer would be considered a guilty pleasure. Starship Troopers, I believe, falls into that category. Absolutely. Uh, it was a film which... Seven years ago, people were just starting to come around on it. Now they'll like, still give you shit about it. Yeah, there are <laughs> some people, but I don't think it's as a guilty pleasure in the way that it used to be. Ah, uh, well, I now reckon it is a. Is it on your list? No, it's not no, on your no, list. Okay. One. So my point is, but uh, I
1: will, I will tell you, uh, there, there are things that I've been speaking about for years that I left off my list. For example, Van Helsing is not on my list because I talk about what? it all the time. I know I love it, and else loves damn. it. Damn motherfucking leader of extraordinary gentlemen is people I'm are expecting you to people come in have heard me talk about it and know, people go I'm an asshole the, this is
0: the end of the show as we know it I'm still I'm still trying to give more bang for the buck Paul so All you'll get time.
1: Uh, you'll get another two in, instead of those don't get me wrong you're still
0: going to throw up and call me a fuckwit so don't even worry well, about I it well I think we're both going to cop a bit of shit for this that's, that's the whole point there exactly I want it so we think everyone else or most people don't like for one reason or another they may have made money They may not have made money I started with that as a criteria And quickly ejected it because don't worry people, certain certain which I like, made a shit ton of many people... Will but they're known on, to be shit, exactly. Yeah, rag so, on left, right, and so. you You're still going to rag on me, don't worry about it. <laughs> Good. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> this, so uh, we have done this one before. Last week we hadn't done, so I do apologise for that. Two weeks to go before we change the whole show in terms of being just a countdown of anything we want it to be. Exactly. Any kind of countdown. Sometimes movies, but often not. Yes, mostly not. I yes. think would be the way to sort of look at it in you know, music and pop culture and things that we did as children and events in our lives and other people's versions thereof. We're still going to have your feedback. We're still going to ask. When we talk about one of the topics we bandied around for episode 401 to hail the changing will be the five worst dates we've ever had. Absolutely. and the so whole, we still want to hear your worst We're still stories. trying to make you laugh, basically. Yes. And trust me, you will. Or <laughs> throw up. Yeah, so So there's a lot to come in a different kind of way we hope you'll stick the journey with us and we still will do the the film reviews and the TV reviews you get those every week and we're still going to be doing as Wayne says a film topic in fact we come to the end of the year of course that means we're going to do our best and worst TV shows totally. of the year, our worst 10 films of the year, and our top 10 films of the year, those three shows will still be coming. At least. And then we'll have the top 10, last 10s once a quarter, as we tend to do as well. And then anything else that catches our fancy, if a topic really blows up in our mind. And if you have any ideas, throw them over. Yeah, Always, always. So if you've got ideas beyond film and TV, though, given that we are 398 people, I mean. that hit us up.
1: Hit us up. Go to the Facebook listener community, hit us up on the Countdown Podcast at gmail.com or just fucking PM us or whatever, whatever. anything
0: it just we want to hear from you if you have like oh wow you got going to count down this. we're counting down this yeah so this that could thing. be uh, look the world is opening up to us and it could be hopefully will be a lot of fun and we hope as I say you'll stay the journey with us but uh, look we're still going to kick off a lot of episodes with uh, this particular segment it's called The Recount Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who
1: wants a recount? Who? Who? Who, who, who wants a recount?
0: What happened this week, Paulie? Well, let's start off, first of all, with a bit of feedback for our top 10 rom-coms no, I haven't looked at this. episode of all time. Now, oh, this yeah. comes from Sam Hurley, one of the hosts of the uh, Movie Reviews and 20Qs podcast. They're on a bit of a hiatus after Sam had his second child. Congratulations again, Sam and Stacey. Just catch up with your guys' apps, he wrote. And then his next message was, don't do it. And therein followed his review for, I give it a year. Uh-oh. <laughs> a choice from Wayne's List. Okay. One star. What Edit. I've since discovered that the director of this directed Home Sweet Home Alone and Bad Grandpa. It all makes sense now why this is so terrible. My <laughs> wife said she wanted to watch something light and cheerful. This was put on and we immediately regretted our decision. Truly one of the most terrible rom-coms I've ever seen. Really? Where every scene is written to be absolutely insane and any semblance of a coherent plot or character development is sacrificed for what the filmmakers believe a hilarious slapstick comedy moments.
1: Like all the cocks? Wayne, defend yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> this, movie, this movie was... I expected it to be shit, whereas you expected it to be potentially good or okay. And then, you know, the mentalist and all this <laughs> stuff in there. I actually found all of the interactions very funny. Simon, what's his name? The mentalist? Right, yeah. Charming and funny. Uh, Rose, what's her name? Don't know. Hot. Never seen it. Um, Burn? Yeah, Rose Byrne. Okay. Uh, And I gagged... I mean, yes, there were dick jokes, of course, and I laughed my ass off at those, but what I thought was at the end when, spoilers the two couples swap partners, it was done in such a way that I wasn't expecting anything from it. I'm like, sure, why not? So that's why I loved it. But then again, Sam, I don't know if you're quite the rom-comer I am. In fact, <laughs> I know you're not. So I see why you might think it's a bag of dicks. But uh, to each their own, my man.
0: All right, well, <laughs> there we are. Just to give you a little bit of feedback on, on that particular one. Then last week we did the top 10 fil- list of the biggest disappointments of all time. Sure. Films that we saw. And I did put this one out to the community to vote. And then the oddest fucking thing happened. Yeah. So I put it up there. This I did see. Only my Nepal, name was an option. Yeah. and then I went to bed. And, and at the early stages, there was... I think I still lost. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me. This reminds me of a pretty cracking video on YouTube where uh. back. This is back when the Adelaide Crows were really terrible in the AFL. Uh. This will mean nothing to internationalists, but to those here in Australia, and when they were really, really bad. Basically, there was an episode. Adelaide plays the bye. Right? What does that mean? Adelaide had the bye. It's like, this week, Adelaide hadn't won a game all season, came up against the bye, and some <laughs> guy's just doing his... <laughs> a bye
1: meaning a, a scrimmage for you. Man. Oh, like no, a, a, a bye okay. means that you don't yeah, play. that you don't play, You normally, have yeah. a week off. Yeah.
0: And then they just managed to cobble together footage of Adelaide players alone on screen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, they... and eventually they lost to the they bye. Lost to you. <laughs> Very funny. Anyway, in this particular instance, uh, I don't understand what happened... Uh, I put both the things up there I went to bed there was votes coming both our ways and I woke up in the morning your name was the only one there and people were giving me shit like good one Paul <laughs> so, how can I vote for you if the only person there is Wayne and other people like well it was going to be Wayne anyway and so I would you know, have been
1: yeah. funny if the only person that turned up was your name
0: <laughs> that would have been funny <laughs> And, uh, well, for example, Stu from the Stuart Order podcast. Happy birthday this week for you, Stu Said oh, Wayne, my number ten is Knives Out. Me, well, Paul wins this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew that would be that was going to be a very contentious one for sure. But then John Amento from the Pilot Comics podcast. He said, I vote Wayne for the simple fact that I thought I was the only one who thought Knives Out was severely overrated. Mm. His number ten makes him number one this week. Oh, how nice. So, yeah, you got a uh, bit of both ways. So, But we can't tell who won because... No, there's no way of exactly. doing that. It was just, uh, yeah. Uh, Lee Allen told us that last week Wayne called Lee Evans some other cracker. Unforgivable.
1: <laughs> Who's Lee Evans? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> some other cracker, I imagine.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Timothy Williams, he said, I'm with Wayne. I don't get why everyone loves Knives Out. Basically, every comment was about Knives Out. But, <laughs> but vote goes with Paul. A lot of his picks I had the higher hopes and the bigger falls. Jesse Dixon said this is the most confident I have ever been about voting for Paul. Knives are out. Are you kidding me there Wayne? There you
1: go. There you go. Contentious.
0: And then Mike T. Your cousin said only one option. Well played Paulie. <laughs> See? There's no Wayne voting box so you can eat some dicks if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You might have won that one easily. I'll I will le- never know. Think so. <laughs> so uh, apologies there. I don't know what fucking Facebook is doing but there's a question that uh, lots and lots of people have asked in the last few months I'm sure. Sure. So uh, let's get into it then. On the other side of this music cue the top 10 films I guilty pleasure of oh. all time
1: Josie and the pussycats <laughs> long tails <laughs> and ears for hats guitars and Marshall
0: Top, Top ten guilty, guilty pleasure, pleasure films of all time is the subject of this week's countdown. A lot of a uh, mixing going on <laughs> Just there. The walls,
1: live mixing, I'm like on Daft
0: Punk over here. That's <laughs> right, or, or some punk.
1: <laughs> Who
0: wants to go first? Wade? Uh
1: I'll go first because I got a bit of a, a rip for my number ten. Ooh. Uh, my number ten, ladies and gentlemen, guilty pleasure film, which we have shat on in the past, but I actually liked, and no one else liked, is Your Highness.
0: Oh. God.
1: I know and that by the way fucking every fucking film I say you're going to go oh god alright that's how it's going to go right? if you're mine, while it's all for no, no, that category. trust me now this was directed by David Gordon Green who does a lot of your Halloween <sighs> movies Paul okay and what it's about is it's actually a stoner fantasy comedy film which I don't actually think I've come across before
0: and when it came out like really you can't you've never seen a stoner comedy fantasy film before no what are the odds well, <laughs> I know but I don't think there's a, actually ever been one made Paul no I'm, I'm being serious oh I see because there's no fucking market for such things
1: <laughs> yeah well, this was a, a swing and a miss to some people, but not to me because it's about, um, okay, it's got Danny McBride, James Franco, fucking Natalie Portman, Zoe Deschanel, Justin Thoreau. And Danny McBride plays Thaddeus, this foppish, vulgarian Vel- prince. dude I have a lot of cursing and smoking weed in this, right? Um, and he's You're consumed. Yeah, he's, he's jealous about his dashing older brother, who's Fabius, which is James Franco. Fabius is engaged to marry. Zooey Deschanel <laughs> and then this Evie you don't like her? Uh, I like me some new girl okay I know you like some pix- <laughs> pixie
0: dream girl I've established this recently a little recently. bit
1: a little bit yeah so Justin throws an evil wizard he kidnaps her on their wedding day they gotta go out on some standard issue quest to save them along the way they turn up Natalie Portman's ass um, <laughs> that's like she's got an ass scene anyway now what the, what the hell are you- <laughs> are you- fuck no! you fuck you no! alright no! so James Welcome Franco himself Smith. says, yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, says, James Franco actually goes, this movie sucked. Everyone hates this movie. Yes, it does right? suck. Yo, I fucking left my ass off at this movie. It was like, Each of the gags that, look, look, it's a lot of stoner culture gags where, like, James Franco is like, oh, my God, what's happening, Thaddeus? What are we doing? And he's like, it's just, you know, basically, they don't say weed, but they're smoking something. And he's like, just handle your shit, please. And shit like that. It's all gags, like, hilarious. look, obviously, I'm not going to recreate it. And also, Paul doesn't understand what it's like to be a good host and actually laugh along with shit. So (laughs) what I would say is that I've always, always found all of the gags funny in this. and. When you are the only one laughing in the cinema, as I often am.
0: <laughs> no, that's absolutely not true. Because <laughs> when you start laughing in the cinema, other people start laughing at you. And my laugh,
1: right. And that's the secret weapon that I have, people. However,
0: uh, for this one here,
1: I remember watching the whole thing, laughing quite regularly at, the, at a lot of the gags. And at the end, after seeing, like, you know, as I walked out, this is pretty good. And then just the hate that turned up. And I'm like, did I see a different film? What didn't work about it? Again, even the actors involved didn't like it. And I'm like, hell no. So this is one of those things where I sort of doubted my own sanity or, you know, which happens a lot, okay, frankly. But have you watched it again? I I haven't. Okay. I haven't. Right. So it's, the one and, it's okay.
0: My number 10 is a one and done too. Is it? Okay, cool. Give me, like, give, me, yeah. give me your number 10. All right. Well, look, from stoner comedy to disaster porn. And we know disaster porn is going to feature on my of yours, of guilty course. pleasure film list. And I, I did talk about this one back in episode 15 and got some hate for it. Which one will it be? This is the film where we were all warned, Dwayne. It comes from Master, the Disaster Master of Roland Emmerich, 2012.
1: Oh, fuck, it is this one. I thought <laughs> uh, he's not
0: going to put that one. He did. Wow. Is this uh, Is,
1: this, is it John Cusack? I
0: yeah, that? John Cusack. Correct. Well done. This one's got a bit of an all-star cast. A bit of Chiwetel Ejiofor, mm-hmm. Oliver Platt. Your favourite, Tandy Newton or Tandaway Newton. Fucking hell. Danny Glover, Woody Harrelson. Phantom <laughs> <Band of> Pete. <laughs> Yeah, we like a bit of Amanda Peet. Yeah, so, look, I like this movie because it's just (laughs) exactly what's on the tin. We're going to destroy the world in ridiculous, over-the-top ways. But unlike the more recent, say, Moonfall, which fucking sucked, and you look forward to that one on my worst ten year of the year list... This one sets up a bunch of characters you give half a shit about, mm. but then more importantly, the spectacle of like the waves and the shit and the- Hitting the mountains and yeah, shit. Yeah, and, and then they end up building an arc, which is the most ridiculous Did fucking thing. they build thing. an arc? They build an arc in this movie. The most ridiculous shit ever, and it's all based on that Mayan <laughs> calendar that said basically in 2012, we're all going to die because the world's going to end because whatever. And this film was made in 2009, trying to capture that paranoia, which is slightly building in some of the tin foil hat circles of society. Oh, absolutely!
1: Is this do you say Roland Emmerich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his his whole he's the ID four guy, right? Oh, right. Yeah. independent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, uh, okay, yeah, no, look, uh. Disaster porn. Look, I'm not even into it. I understand. Yeah. Um, did everyone hate this one? Everyone heard yeah, this 2. one.
0: Yeah, 2.4 on Letterboxd and people just think it's an absolute piece of shit. And, and look, I can't argue. It's, it, it's not a good film by any stretch of imagination, but it's a fun disaster porn film. <laughs> and that's what got me there. And I enjoyed, you know, Woody Harrelson was particularly fun playing Woody the kooky the... over the top dude who ends up getting killed oh, in shit, I in fireballs now. falling from the sky at that particular yeah, yeah, point. Yeah. I think yeah. so.
1: Yeah, yeah. if you're that guy, I get you being this on your list. Yeah. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Now, my number nine is a older film, in the 80s, in fact, that I always thought was one of the best films in terms of drama I'd ever seen. But everyone, once again, including the lead, Tom Hanks, Ooh. says, I will never make a movie this bad again. It's called The Bonfire
0: of the Vanities. Oh, yes, you do talk about this one. Yes, God, yep, Tom
1: yep. Hanks, Melanie Griffiths, and Bruce Willis, okay? Now... This is a Brian De Palma film, and I had not at this time thought that he De Palma'd. I actually think it's a beautiful film. The opening shot is one of those nine, one of his wonders, a 90-minute nine nine opening shot with no cuts. Awesome. But follows Bruce Willis around, and he's like, you know, this glorious, unbroken tracking shot where he's indulging in the excesses of celebrity. Long story short, it's, um, it's, it, was meant, it was made from a novel, which was The Bonfire of the Vanities, and
0: it was a phenomenal success, the novel. Was the novel considered to be unfilmable? No, it wasn't. And then it... Brian De Palma just had a had a shot at it. What happened was the novel itself is about. It's supposed to be a.
1: It was actually called the quintessential novel of the nineteen eighties, uh, because it talked about the excesses of of not only celebrity but business and all that sort of thing in the celebrities. And what happened was Brian De Palma said, "Okay, I'm going to take it and make it a movie. But what I'm going to do is the lead character, Tom Hanks, his name is Sherman McCoy." I'm going to try and make him likable by casting Tom Hanks in that role. Uh, the actual novel has no likable characters so in it.
0: There's no one redeemable. But like
1: he's that. tried to make him that way and it fucked everything up, at least to him, I mean, to the, to most of the audience. And Brian De Palma himself actually talks about I actually think, if you watch the movie, it's absorbing, it's slick-paced, it's well-acted, and I think it works on several levels, personally. I even showed it to a class in, like, when some tape class I was doing. And they all loved it as well. But, apparently, if you've read the novel, which apparently everyone did, according to Brian De Palma, he says, I still like this film. It is one of the things that I get hated on most for, but unfortunately, everyone who watched the film had also read the novel, mm. and it became this horrendous kind of like thing. He said, I don't think I made a
0: bad movie, and I <laughs> say to this day. I wonder if Brian would still stick by that <laughs> given these last couple of films he's made. Again, he
1: hadn't departed yet. This is before Carlito's Way. Right? Oh, yeah, that's fair. Then. All that sort of shit. Yep. So he, uh, yeah, now who knows what he thinks now?
0: But like, this is one what of those. What about that last one he, we, we, he did? With fucking was...
1: Nikolai Costa
0: Waldo? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What, that, what, oh. And there was another one with, with Rebecca Romlin Stanwell Spectrum when she was married to him. Jim Patel or something or other. She was married to Brian DePaul? No, she was married to uh, John Stamos. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, everything, like, he's been doing such big pieces of shit that it's, who knows what's happened with him. But yeah, there you go. The Bonfire of the Vanities is a total guilty pleasure of mine. And I still, to this day, don't understand I why we I may have
0: watched it. it once back then. I don't honestly remember. so I, I, can't Honestly, really comment from what one, I remember,
1: sorry. you would watch it and, and be at least glammed out by how good it looks.
0: Yeah, well, now I would be, I guess. But I wouldn't have watched it since I was 15 no or 16. Way. No so. way, no way, no way. Well, interestingly, my number nine also has Tom Hanks as a star hmm. of it, and it's widely panned. This movie, what could this because be? it came from an unfilmable novel, which is where my comment before came from. Oh, and it's best. <laughs> there's a video on my phone to this day, which exists, Wayne. Now, this is <laughs> this prepare yourselves, big... ladies and gentlemen, go at on, home. If go you on. are if you are someone who abhors violence of any kind against any creature, well, you clearly don't have to deal with redback spiders. Okay, so we're about oh. to talk about a dead <laughs> redback spider. <laughs> I know what a video you're talking about. Go on, Paul. But back in the day at Wayne's house, we were sitting at the back and this great big fucking red spider was crawling around the corner there. For our
1: international listeners, a yeah. red spider is a spider that can fuck you in the ass.
0: It's, it's very venomous, yeah. and if you get bitten by it, you could die.
1: Well, Like many things you think in Australia. But like, yeah, there hasn't
0: been a, a death to a red spider in a long time, but no. they do make you very ill, and the yeah. smaller you are, the, the sicker you get, for, exactly. a, for example. So anyway, when you see a red spider, it, you just kill it. Like there's none of this whole pick it up by your hand because no, you'll no, no. you kill, kill a you. cat. Yeah, it you'll, you'll kill your you. dog as well, and, and they're shit. aggressive spiders and blah blah blah. Anyway, so long story short, we, you got to kill this spider. As we decide, <laughs> not we, I won't say the name. Neither wasn't Wayne either. Was another that? another friend, no another oh, yeah. friend to the to the show. Uh, or maybe it was you. I don't No, know. it
1: was me because we said, hey, let's tap this thing, yeah. and it, to actually step on it is quite because uh, if, it, if it gets away, it's gone away, and now you're buggered, right? You have to make sure you kill it. Right. And it was,
0: in, it was dark at the time. So as I'm there. filming this. Wayne decides to burn it with a... Uh, aerosol can and a and, lighter. And a lighter. And as Wayne goes to do this, the friend who's there with us says, Cloud Atlas. Andrew, yes. I remember <laughs> this video. He says, Cloud Atlas. What the hell did he mean, Paul?
1: Because I haven't seen Cloud Atlas.
0: <laughs> I think he's meant to say, like, let's just burn the shit out of this piece of shit. Cloud Atlas. Oh, okay. And he kills him. <laughs> oh! Yeah.
1: I thought, isn't Cloud Atlas about reincarnation? Yes. So maybe by, by, by oh, burning the the spider, it reincarnates gonna... in something else, Cloud Atlas. Is that what he meant? <laughs> I don't know. No, I thought he meant it like
0: this is a piece. Of... Anyway. Right,
1: tell okay. me about it's Cloud Atlas. A, Cloud Atlas
0: effectively follows six stories that are nested through time from the 19th century through to a distant post-apocalyptic future. And it explo- explores the consequences and how actions and decisions ripple down through the ages. Over generations. Over, of over the generations. Life-times. And so affecting the past, present, future. You know, and it's one of those ones where an act of kindness really changes the course of these oh, really? people's history and look I really dug this movie I thought it was an ambitious swing for the fences directed by uh, the Wachowski siblings and oh. Tom Tikwa who guy who did Run a Run okay and it's yeah it's 172 minutes long so it's even longer than the most aptly titled film of the year Wakanda Forever <laughs> yeah right I'll just use that joke again thank you well done that I'll you got there nice work a bunch of people don't listen to the review episode so <laughs> just get that one out there <laughs>
1: And you called it out, makes it completely (laughs) invalid. Keep going.
0: (laughs) So I I should be a good host as well. No, I like this, I like this, I like this. It's fine. (laughs) So it's really long and you really got to set yourself in. But uh, I thought this was a good film, like three and a half sort of star good film.
1: I must admit I am intrigued because I remember there was two movies like this. There was Cloud Atlas and there was another one which talked about fucking like, um, like the, the similar kind of topic. But uh, I think you told me that this one was the better one. And to, is, is there ever like a, is there, is there a scene in this movie where he's like a Spanish conquistador or yeah, something? Yeah,
0: there's, there's Tom Hanks and Halle Berry and Jim Broadbent and Hugo Weaving and Jim Sturgess and... Bay Duna, who's been Ben Wishore as well, Keith David, so they're in most stories, but not all the stories, mm-hmm. the actors, and sometimes they're the main, sometimes they're the villains, sometimes they're just a sort of side character. So I found it really interesting because to, to bounce around all these different timelines and sort of It's one of those
1: this. ones which I always thought to check out, because it's like, it gets such a bad rap. Then you look at
0: 172 minutes, you like, ah. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. It always keeps it away.
0: But um, okay, Cloud Atlas. Interesting. 3.4 on, on Letterboxd. So the Letterboxd, which is probably fair to say a bit of a film snobby kind of community, like it more than perhaps the masses. But yeah, you talk about... This was a big flop, but I did look at the, the money, but it lost a lot of money, this thing. So, mm. Yeah, 2012, ironically enough, Cloud Atlas.
1: All right. Well, my number eight, to my mind, Paul and I agreed on liking this movie back when it came out in 1998. I have since looked it up, and it has a 28% tomato meter and a twenty eight percent 24% audience score in whatever. Yep. So, it's lost in space, Paul. <laughs> lost in space 1998 i'm talking about
0: you remain a champion this film
1: i love I've, it i've gotten
0: off it have you yeah. all
1: right so everyone listen to this cast you got bill hurt The it's a great right? it's the a late great, bill great hurt. cast mimi rogers okay but like heather graham uh gary oldman, gary oldman joey joey from friends forget about it. yeah um uh yeah yeah exactly jared harris all these sort of folks in there okay and it is of course a remake or yeah uh, a remake of the the old TV shows from the, I guess, 70s. Like, da-dun, 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 60s. Da-dun, 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 60s. Lost in Space, right? And it is exactly what you think it is. The Space Family Robinson. They're on this yeah. journey. They go on this big-ass, like, boat. It's there's a fucking... Space Family Robinson.
0: Space Family? Yeah, yeah Space Family. So Swiss Family Robinson was oh, the... Yeah, yeah spa-
1: okay. Yeah. I'm actually reading something here, so it's space <laughs> Family. But there's, you know, the robot, the warning, warning, warning. That's this robot shit. Now, the whole film, for at the, at the time... It was very novel from Joey for, for Joey from Friends to be playing a hero dude, all right. And it was directed by Stephen Hopkins, who was a sort of favorite of ours. Yeah, at the we time. liked him back in the day. And and done Judgment and Night. And I know that's going to make
0: Jason from Binge Movies cringe, right? You don't like his, the Hop? You no, know, he fucking hates the Hop. Oh damn!
1: Yeah. All right, so this was exciting people have since started calling it hokey but all of the effects at the time worked really well there's one scene where there's this like explosion and what they do is they do the, they just go boom no no sound no nothing and they sweep through the 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 cabin of the of the spaceship and swordfish style, yeah, swordfish now style, like I stop motion. I like this movie. <laughs> but, even, but it was really well done, and there's even a scene where the robot malfunctions, and Joey from Friends jumps on its back in slow motion to fucking wrestle it, and then eventually win. All of the things are cool, and I'll tell you something else. The initial robot looks like this futuristic, wicked-looking robot, but then it fucks up. Will Robinson has to rebuild it, and the rebuilt robot looks like the old, shitty one from the thing, from right. the, with the weird head and the warning, warning. Very cool ideas, all this shit, but everyone fucking hates it, man. And I don't know why. They've now since made a Netflix series, series yep. out of it, which
0: apparently had good reviews, but it's been canceled immediately. Um, uh, did it have two seasons or three seasons? I think oh, did it, it? Yeah, I think it got a bit of an arc. I heard yeah. people
1: liked that one, but my for mine, this movie here is actually great. And I've watched it many times. Gary Oldman does great with his Dr. Smith. Ooh, the pain, as you said. I so Jared Harris now
0: would be a great Dr. Smith if they ever redid. Agreed. He
1: plays old Will Robinson, because it jumps around in time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so okay. um but yeah, I, I I will never understand why people hate this one. But it's wildly, like, widely hated. Okay. So there you are. I don't
0: hate it. I don't hate it. I just think it's it's not as good as we thought it was 24 years ago.
1: Look, I've had that experience with the Princess Pride ball. Oh, don't. Uh, no, so I should say the Princess Pride. Whoa, whoa, whoa whoa, 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 hold on. R- uh, Robin Wright's dress in the Princess Pride, I should say, because <laughs> I thought it was amazing when I was a kid because it had wings and stuff like that's the most beautiful dress ever. And then I said it for, to a bunch of girls. Then we saw it and they went, you're an idiot. And I went, I don't know. So, yeah. That's how that works. So, yeah, you are. Lost in Space, my number eight. You know me. Fuck you, fuck you, I fuck you fuck, you, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you. Eat some flies out the window. Eat the dick on Paul. Fuck you. All right. Thank you.
0: <laughs> no one gives a shit whether you think a dress isn't cute anymore. <laughs> Perhaps you're right, but these things happen. Uh All right. Yeah. My number eight is a film, The Film, Wayne, which, because I didn't edit anything out, like, you're going to hear films which I have championed through the course of this podcast okay, time and again. Okay. We redid this one as a review at a certain point. It wasn't quite as good, but still, it retains a special place in my heart. It's got some of the best banter back and forth. It's got one of the great bad guy sort of speeches at times. And when he gives the name of the characters in this film, which is also the title of the film, it still resonates today. What could this be? Tango. Cash. <laughs> Tango Tango Cash Jack Palance that he's absolutely Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone playing against type. Oh yeah. This is the movie me and all became friends with. Yes, that's that's the special place in my heart I mentioned from nineteen eighty nine, directed by a household name Andre Koncholoski. Oh, have we heard from him again? No. Okay. Wait, 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 let's see. it's a shame, because I did love this film. He's no, he's directed quite oh he directed Runaway Train back in the day. Okay. And then nothing else that I've ever seen. So Wow. Yeah. Okay, Tango Cash. Now is this maligned by many people, Paul? It's just considered to be a shitty yeah. shitty buddy cop thing in the in the vein of lethal weapon. Which I disagree. Try with. hard and silly and, and it's not funny and all the rest of it. This film is fucking funny. Their banter great. is back and forth. Kurt Russell's charisma is off the chain. Sylvester Stallone, because he's willing to make fun of himself. Rambo was a pussy. Rambo was a pussy. That shit is fucking gold. And having him just be, you know, the really coiffed and the glasses and the suit wearing dude. that was a period he went through. He, he
1: dressed like that off-screen as well. Okay. But yeah. still, it's,
0: it, to me, it goes against the Rambos Absolutely. and the I think of what I think, we'd seen before. I actually loved that look of his. Um, so, and then Terry Hatcher as the very weirdly, overly sexualized sister <laughs> of, hang who's Tango? Tango is is Sosa Stallone, right? Tango, yes. So, Sosa. and yeah, she, he's got glam sort of sexy pictures of her on the wall. If you want to have a great pull, pull apart <laughs> of this film, a recent episode of Movie Reviews and 20Q's podcast, and I'll already mention them, another plug to them. Where the girls got together, including our friend uh, Ashley from Rabbit Ears oh, yeah. was on that episode. Oh, yeah. Fantastic episode of the show where they're calling out all these things. Oh, there's yeah. more.
1: This whole film is like that. For example, the prison that they're in. Somehow there are <laughs> there are jail cells in the laundry where there's stock- <laughs> like I don't know what that is in a, in a bathroom like a toilet. There's like a table and chairs. When's the last time you saw that, ball? Yeah. Never happened. Okay, all through this film is that you know. So, uh, but but still. I love it. This is a great one. This is a great one.
0: So yeah, I um, love the shit out of this movie. It's it's still so much fun. Their banter is excellent. There's some good action sequences in it. Uh, yeah, I think this one's a dud. You know the 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 Brian oh, yeah, James yeah. the pony ponytail. Yeah, d- that's right. Awesome shit. Uh, this was a uh, Kurt Russell and drag if that's your thing. If and it is Terry Hatcher is the hottest sexy stripper to not strip. That's right. Ever and play drums and play drums on stage for some reason. Electric drums. it's a
1: really weird one. Now this um. <laughs> this film, if you watch this film, right, the soundtrack, the way it's played and the way it's produced, it's very much like Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. There's a lot of like synth in the background with people are just walking across the screen. Very I, I 80s man. Love that, man. that shit. Big okay. Man. All right. Now my number seven. Now this one everyone fucking hates, if indeed they've ever heard of it. It's called Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right? yeah Jude Law. Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie, uh, Boni, Rabisi, Michael Gambon, people like that, okay? Biggish film. That's a cast. And I remember, this is before, this is like, 19, this is 2004, all right? And I remember hearing all about this film. It was actually the director's first time at doing something. He was previously a guy who was more like a videographer. Special effects guy. Special be, effects guy, totally. Because the film itself is on purpose... CGI full, but not photorealistic. They are looking for a very specific look here, which is, I guess, kind of fantastical reality kind okay. of thing. Everything's yep. glowing,
0: everything's I have seen it, but it's so long ago I barely remember it. Yeah,
1: it's a really weird kind of a movie where it's it's this world of mad scientists, giant robots, and daring pilots, and the the unique visual style. That made it look like a golden age comic book. There's a there's a Superman comic back in the day called the, the Fleischer Supermans, and it looks that way. It's very sixties kind of looking, and it's on purpose. Now,
0: ironically called the World of Tomorrow.
1: Yes, mm. yes. So, I watched this film just wide-eyed the whole time it's an odd film for sure but i remember looking at all the jude laws and this and that and and it was great like i was going this is beautiful i really got lost in it and then now it's actually uh now a um an example of what not to do with over cgi a (laughs) film and this is back in 2004 before blue screens were really a thing this guy was doing all of his own stuff, and he actually tells a story where he was so nervous on the first day of shooting that it was him cowering in his like office while Gwyneth Paltrow and everyone was out on stage waiting to actually start the thing. And he just steeled himself and walked out there and said and started directing. And it, nice. it ended up going the way it was. But I, I actually still say that this is a great show. It's a really, really wicked m- movie. And um, I bet you, anyone out there who knows it, is saying you're fucking drunk. So <laughs> there you go. Sky Captain, World of Tomorrow, my number seven.
0: So directed by his name was Kerry Conran, and he has directed one other thing called Gumdrop, which is a six. He never made another feature film.
1: Oh no, he went straight to movie jail
0: yep. after this. Just
1: boom, you're gone. Wow. So yeah, it's it's I and mean, it's a shame. It's one of those I think tragedies. So. Two point
0: seven on Letterbox. So you know it's not horrendously mm. panned, but uh, all right, interesting times. Then let me move on to my number seven. Is that where we are? Sure. This is a film I know you share a love for, Wayne. So you might not consider this to be a guilty pleasure. Yeah. But the subsequent films in the series ruined this movie Mm. for a lot of people. And I totally understand it. I will not defend this film if anyone says, bag of shit. All right. And I won't defend it for the other reason that if you've played the game and love the game, this is not a faithful adaptation. Oh, my God. Is it going to be Resident Resident Evil? Evil, Yes. So is the first one? Yes. All right. Yes. You've got the second one.
1: I almost... It's on on my guilty... It's on my honorable mentions. mentions. Because the second one, the Apocalypse it was called, I think, that one had like just so many hot women in it. So, but this one... Not that that's the reason for the film, but I actually enjoyed the (laughs) film and I didn't expect to because we all thought it'd be a piece of shit. You're talking about the first one with Mila Jojovic. I actually think this is a good film, but I know that a lot of people like to shit all over the entire... Yeah, look, and I'm not...
0: I wasn't a big... I played one or two Resident Evil games. I wasn't... I'm not a faithful fan. I don't get every fucking re... Escalation, I have zero idea. but I never played any of, it. and look, you know, I should, I should be my bread and butter, but it was just too slow pace for me at that particular point in time in my life. But this 2002 film, directed by enemy of the podcast, Paul W S Anderson, with what he did subsequently, I totally get it. The fucking, and I include Apocalypse in this. Every subsequent film in this series blows. They blow increasingly harder <laughs> the further you get away oh, from the, this the first one, one.
1: The one on the rooftop of the building, that one sucked so many balls that I thought it was me.
0: It was just like yeah, that this was horrendous. basic one of Alice and the, the the go into this house and it's just being picked off one by one and a PG thirteen unfortunately kind of way, which is, itself is a ridiculous. See,
1: I don't recall it being like so. I recall it being quite harsh. So that's actually quite
0: quite good. I'm sure, it's PG thirteen. No, you're probably right
1: because I know that the apocalypse definitely was a PG thirteen
0: one. They you know even they don't. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was 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 R rated, but it wasn't R rated enough. It wasn't scary enough. It was too. It was too cheesy for people to really get behind, but I had
1: fun with it. I never thought it was cheesy. In fact, even the AI little girl that was in there that was always talking about spooky shit, that made it kind of horror-y to me. And I remember saying to you, why is Mila Hohovich wearing a long maxi dress with that's boots? that's what she wore in the And that's what you explained it to me. Oh, she explained that in the game. Now, here's something, Paul, about this film that I just happen to remember right now. Okay. <laughs> there is a scene towards the end, and I, here's how I know it wasn't PG. All right? Okay. You actually get to see her situation.
0: What? Yeah. There's a scene the where she rolls
1: case. off the gurney, right, and she's sort of like she's would, wearing a dress. Maybe or something. you're absolutely
0: right. I'm not going to look it up. I believe you.
1: Yeah, and you get to see the uh, the the, uh, the 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 downstairs. So <laughs> that's right, and it's a full shot. Like, oh my god! And it, was there. it wasn't like harped upon, but it was there,
0: and and a bit of free free framing. So um, there you go. There we are. That's my... <laughs> Good fun, ridiculously cheesy enjoyableness. I know at least one listener will be happy with this, Brad. That one is for you. Nice one. That's uh, my number seven, Resident Evil.
1: Right. Now, if you think my picks have been you know, somewhat um, highfalutin or even remotely intelligent. Sure you highfalutin. Don't,
0: I don't know. In the past, here's
1: where it gets good, people. <laughs> Sky captain of the world tomorrow. Highfalutin. Well, if you talk about pure cinematic bliss, yeah, but no. <laughs> My number six is Cradle to the Grave. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah,
0: buddy. Cradle to Jet the Grave. Lee and Jet Lee, DMX,
1: DMX, Paul's favorite rapper. <laughs> Anthony Anderson, Tom Arnold, Mark Dacascos. That joke will never,
0: that joke will never not be funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to um, me. Yeah, exactly. Now, everyone, Cradle to the Grave is so classy that the two is spelled out with a number two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's... <laughs> This, be the best. Is, this was the um the era of Jet Li. do he'd come off movies like oh I'm not sure he's come off, but he was doing movies like The One and Romeo Must Die, and he was God, considered that that sucked. That was good, man. Oh, no, that should have been on my list. That was, that was all right, man. The they flew in the air and kicked about? each You're other in the ass. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> now this film is about. Master Thief DMX, who pulls off a major jewel heist and somehow manages to escape from the SWAT team that's pursuing him. So then, this Taiwanese agent named Su Jitli is on his tail, wants to take him down so he can get the diamonds back. And they're black diamonds, by the way. I don't know how the black diamonds, but they're black diamonds.
0: Is that a thing? Is that real?
1: I don't know, and I suspect it's not. Uh, but when like his daughter, like you know, is kidnapped by a rival criminal, and then you know, Mark, all oh, it's it's bullshit. It's it's a bullshit cop international drama thing. However, it is the first time I saw Anthony Anderson, and he actually plays. This is he's a, a, a funny large American man, and he plays across Tom Arnold, who I know everyone hated at the time. Okay. But it's also quite funny in this film and it's full of action it's it's a dumb movie don't get me wrong sure. I'm not saying it's anything that I don't remember anything about it but it's quite. incredibly fun um the black diamonds are in fact awesome looking and at the end of the film there's this odd thing that they just put in there where Anthony Anderson and Tom Arnold are like on a talk show or a podcast or something, and they're just no, riffing they were, off each other. It would not be a
0: podcast circa 1999. Or whatever well, they were
1: filmed, like. so yes, it was definitely some sort. But it was completely out of step with the movie. But I just hung around over the credits to watch it, and it's hilarious. They're making jokes about Viagra for women. Oh, I guess it'd be called Niagara. Shit like that. Well, right? what, what year was this movie? 19. Hang on, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> bitch won't be long we to big bird
0: you don't need to put music in I've got music reserved for oh, this oh have
1: you oh good 2003
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> definitely no podcast uh yeah? yeah when did podcast happen ask Kevin Smith
1: okay yeah okay so that was it uh but yes cradle to the grave big fan <laughs> and I know no one else even even remembers this film yeah, but if you've never not. seen it again Little, little
0: little, to add though I wonder whether you have something to add to my number 6 This is a film which was ahead of its time I will beat this drum Go on. Until my dying day This film, if it was made After Scream I reckon Even just the year after Scream Would have been a massive smash hit From 1993 mm. John McTiernan's The Last Action Hero Oh! did Yeah! People hate this fucking film so I it taints so
1: badly, but it's so clever. No, this you know what happened? This movie went up against Jurassic Park, no. and everyone went to Jurassic Park, and we were doing this film is like yeah, totally like
0: self-aware because
1: obviously, please tell us what it's about. Arnie is what? He's well, a fucking, Arnie's an, a made up. He's a movie star. He's a movie character. Rather. He's a
0: movie character. He's a, he's he's got his own action film franchise, and he's got his little kid who's this massive fan. He gets this golden ticket. Charlie fucking in the chocolate factory yep. styles and he goes into the film into the movie and then through the course of the movie he's trying to survive because he realizes he's the sidekick so it's this really clever self-aware yes he's the shit. comedy
1: sidekick who who can get killed but he was like oh my god we can get killed and, then, and it's all movie movie laws yeah it's all that playing he's with by.
0: tropes before tropes was even a word
1: right but then of course the, the actual movie guys then coming to the, the real yeah, world
0: then the villain escapes from the movie and well from the seventh seal I think actually and That's death right. comes out into the world and then it's up to what's his name Jack Slater and this kid Danny to get back out into the real world, try to save the real world from these characters that have escaped from the films. And the bad guy um, is 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 um, what's, what's his name? Game House of Thrones. Targaryen.
1: House Targaryen. No, uh, yeah, um, not Targaryen. He's motherfucking. Oh, no, Lannister, Lannister. Lannister, yeah. yeah. Tywin Lannister, right? Yes, Tywin. Charles Lannister. Dance. Charles Dance, thank you. for Dance. there in the end. Charles Dance. Oh my God, in this world, the bad guys can win. Because he'll just kill people and no one comes after him. Yes. So that was wicked. I actually loved this film.
0: I well, always loved it. Won't be the last time you hear from Charles Dance and my list either, So Oh, uh, hell to the no. Yeah. This film, great. It just no, it was. It was, a great film. It, really, it was a really expensive movie. It probably helped kill John McTiernan's career, which... Although he did the Thomas Crown affair remake later than this. Man, was
1: it the Pierce Brosnan one? Yeah, yeah I love that one. Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, and then of course tax evasion killed the rest of his career. Is so. that what happened? Yeah, he went to jail. Oh shit!
1: Mm. Damn, John,
0: her and a cunt. So I, I think. Schwarzenegger has a real affinity and an affection for this film, but... He
1: was, um, on a personal note, such a good-looking man in this film. I remember going, this guy's actually handsome, not
0: just a bodybuilder. He's really, really cool. I thought he was great. <laughs> they, they play every trope off, even to the point where the kid's like, everyone's so good-looking, and then Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, just Catherine Tremel walks past. very casually in yep. the background.
1: Yep. Just like, oh, you if you blink, you'd miss it. So that's really good work. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm... Yeah, I'm yeah people do people did shit on this one yeah, they did sadly unfortunate and, yeah I don't think it's
0: found its audience again even now 30 years later so almost. Uh,
1: shame that one alright my number 5 is a film that in our youth Paul and I once saw at what I guess you would call a slumber party or well, we didn't really have that Paul once stayed over at my house and I think Bill was there okay and we watched this film it's The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. For oh, yeah one <laughs> <laughs> That's a good choice. Well played. Now, 26% on the tomato meter people. Yep. People don't like this film. Oh,
0: no. People fucking hate this movie. They hate
1: it. Now, it's got Andrew Dice Clay, who at the time was a somewhat up-and-coming prominent comedian. Actually, he was very, very popular at the time. And hence, they gave him this film. Also has Wayne Newton, Priscilla Presley, Morris Day in the time, uh, and Lauren Hawley, uh, among oh, others in this. Yep. That's right. Now, this film is about... Ford Fairlane, who is a rock and roll detective, or as he's known to the Hollywood elite, he's a loudmouth ladies' man. He serves as uh, exclusively rock star clientele,
0: as whatever. And there's your fan. That's how he knows the a fantasy film. Andrew Dice Clay being... Alluring to any woman. Well, he was, what he did is he was
1: playing an elvis kind of note, yes. okay? That's what happened with him. And it's, yo, hey, oh, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, uh, exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah. That thing, okay? Which at the time played for him, okay?
0: <laughs> now that I think about it, this film sucks. <laughs> I know, but what happened but back was... Back then it was really funny. Back then he May was, was been making... watching it at 3 o'clock in the morning with soggy fucking pies. You remember? I there was soggy it. meat pies and we had a popcorn <laughs> fight. It was fucking great. It sounds like a fucking slumber party. sounds like a fucking tickle fight
1: fucking bitch. Yeah, and there anyway, were no pillows. No pillows, pillows, and my dick never and, made an and appearance. No lingerie. I'm no, sorry, I'm whatsoever. sorry, ladies and men who are into that kind of thing. Pretty sure I was wearing tracky decks yeah. So yes, uh, and and but but the the thing or the allure or whatever it is we liked about the film was that he would make he would just only talk in one liners. Looking after Zuzu pedals was like swimming in a urine tank or something like <laughs> that, which right now wouldn't wash. You think we kill the fucking koala? <laughs> yeah, that. See all of those gags, and so I found it surprisingly funny. And unexpectedly rude. Which yeah. was but that was his that's his comedy show. That shit, was right? his thing. Yeah. If you think about I Like think Joel say,
0: Silver produced this movie from Vape Is Memory. that so? Yeah. You're probably right. But he was like sort of
1: at that time the modern equivalent of the free stooges, kind of, but not really. Harmless fun, breezy eighties ambiance, uh hit pay dirt with K dirt, a lot of stupid yeah. gags like this. But and a that neon guy who would talk like this. What was his name? Gilbert Godfrey. Yes. Yes, it. yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, isn't for every taste for sure. But anyone who had tuned into like the Dice Clay stuff would absolutely like this film. But again,
0: not everyone. That's right, Joel Silver. And Ronnie Harlan directed this movie. What? Yeah. 1990. <laughs> Cliffhanger
1: directed this film?
0: Cliffhanger? And, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, that's impressive. Long kiss, good night, guy. All right. There we are. All right, nice choice there. I'm. Right. Really think that one's an excellent one, sir. All right, my number five is a film you will never have seen, Wayne. I just redid it for the aforementioned Jason from the Binge Movies podcast. Our binge of the entire Friday Thirteenth series. I used to think Jason Goes to Hell was my guilty pleasure, although I (laughs) have and I did on that episode defend that film to a point, and I can't remember if it's been put into the anti vaults. I shouldn't be talking about it. That's a gag for their show. Go listen. Jason X is an unfairly maligned and very cool slasher film. Now, what the hell are you talking about, Paul? Jason X. So, the 10th film in the Friday franchise from 2001. Its uh, tagline is, Evil has an upgrade. (laughs) It would be fast-forwarded. So, the opening bit is David Cronenberg, who you should know here. Who I hate. Yeah, fair enough. He is a little cameo role where he's- Well, he he, plays in it. Yeah, he's a director of this sort of semi-futuristic kind of storage facility and they've got Jason locked up and chained up and then Jason escapes and they're going to put him into cryogenics and through the machination of the film, one female- Hot Doctor and him both get frozen in time and they get woken up in 2455, 2455. Oh, God. And they're in space. Bloody hell. <laughs> this sounds like a box of dicks. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. All right. Oh, and Jesus. so they're on a... Sp- <laughs> <laughs> some dude... So Jason is in space now. They've come down to Earth and they picked up some samples of whatever. It's, it's hilariously stupid and I totally get it. You wouldn't have watched this <laughs> film if you weren't into the Jason franchise, but maybe you wandered into it with... Oh, i watch this one because fucking Jason Ten, I'm not seeing the other nine. You would be absolutely fucking perplexed because <laughs> nothing would make sense in this movie. It's so dumb, but awesome at the same time. <laughs> I in don't imagine, understand, Jason. <laughs> the first kill in this film is the greatest kill in the whole Friday the 13th franchise. What? So there's a the, an arguably the hottest character, which they never do. You never kill the hot girl first in a mm. in a film. Okay. The hottest doctor slash student on this research vessel in space is like you know ready to experiment on him and he reanimates because they've established by this point in time that Jason is beyond mortal right he comes back to life and she's got liquid nitrogen uh huh in this sort of tank canister yeah Yeah. well in the sink if you will and he dunks her head into it oh and it's it low angle shot and her head freezes mm-hmm. and then he picks her up and smashes her head on the and it counter and it shatters
1: <laughs> <sighs> you and your bloody horror films Paul <laughs>
0: It's a great kill, which sets things up from there. And then he wades through the ship, killing everybody. There's some really good moments, like, for example, when they're trying to distract him, they set up this hologram thing of him being suddenly back at Camp Crystal Lake, and there's these two girls. And it it literally says this, these two really hot chicks, both standing there, breasts out, Mm. going, we're going to have premarital sex and smoke some drugs. (laughs) And Jason stops chasing everyone who he's trying to walk towards and goes back to kill these holograms because it's like ai like it's it's vr if you will and he picks up these and he's just in a throwback to the previous film one of the one of the big kills he's got these girls in in their um sleeping bags and just slamming them against the uh, a tree over and over and over again but they won't die because they're not real so he's just slamming them over and over again it's really good he gets an upgrade because they have nanobots and he gets killed at a certain point and they Leave him near the nanobots, nanobots crawl into him and turn him into Uber Jason. Oh my God. This film's great. Fuck I fucking this love shit. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number five, Jason X.
1: Oh God. All right. Well, um, that could only be topped by. Well, no. This is pure disgust. Everyone, my number four, get ready for
0: this, is Judge Dredd, The Sliced Alone oh, One. Oh God. Oh God. I like this film. All right. It's got If some... you want my full thoughts on this, yeah. The aforementioned John Amenta's Planet Comics podcast, he invited me on. We did this film. Where you, do you trash it? Do you treasure it? Do you come not remember what the middle ground. Clearly, was. you trashed it. I fucking trashed the shit. Okay, good because I'm about to treasure it the titties sucks. out of it. Sucks. <laughs> All right, everyone. Although you will have the support of Nicholas Haskins. Oh yeah, Guys.
1: Sylvester Stallone, Armando Santé, and Diane Lane. Okay, hey, from God, Sorry, and now uh, Nicholas Kitchen. Okay, and and uh, what's his name? Schneider, Rob Schneider. All right.
0: Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider.
1: Me, 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 me. Is that a thing? It's okay. a South Park thing. Oh, okay. All right. Now, 1995, this movie was released, and it was the first time we had seen Judge Dredd in at least a movie this big. I don't think he'd ever actually been brought to life from the 80 2000 comics before. And it is, everyone, yes, predictable, but also fast-paced, ridiculous fun that is gleefully over the top. Sly Stallone, Armando Sante both give quite, in my opinion, amazingly over-the-top performances and oh, plenty true. of cheesy one-liners. Okay? So that's just Sly <laughs> Stallone going on, right? Uh, Max von, Max von Snidao, Sidao is actually also a bad guy in this, and it's particularly good. I think he's a bad guy. Anyway, sure. Bitch, please. please. Gianni Versace did all the costumes. Oh, all the, costumes. This and is hence, the dumbest shit looks anyone ever wicked. said. Off, in fall. the history of it, I don't think I'm exaggerating here. <laughs> Stallone is awesome. Diane Lane is tight. and it does more of explaining the world of Judge Dredd than I believe the Carl Urban Dredd oh, one off. does. Because that Don't was just a building. That was just a building. All right? I'm not saying this is better, but I'm saying I enjoyed it as a guilty pleasure big time. And it's also Man. visually impressive, people. Detailed, lots of sets, far more miniatures than CGI in this thing. Uh, the director really of this film, Danny Cannon, he went, Danny into, he
0: went straight to fucking Hollywood purgatory as did well. Did he well? Yep.
1: Yeah, I've never, did he do anything before this? No. No, okay. Oh, so maybe the Young Americans. See, So I don't even know what happened there, but um, I was really excited to see this when it happened. And I didn't think it was bad at all. When he had his, he talks to his gun to make it do stuff, he's like, double whammy, double whammy, and then it shoots around. All that kind of shit was very, very cool.
0: It wasn't. I thought it was great. It wasn't. This film fucking sucks. Judge Dredd is the shit. Well, it's not the shit, <laughs> but, but it's... Can't deny it's your guilty quite question. Quite the shit. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, final number four is a film which I should hate in principle, but... I think it has enough going for it to overcome the most ridiculous decisions in movie history, arguably among them. Top 10 worst ideas ever, which made it to to screen. Okay. Let's kill off Newt and Hicks at the start of Alien 3. Ah, Alien 3. You are an apologist. I am. 1992, David Finch's first film. This film has a lot going for it. If you can get past that absolutely abhorrent decision. What was the reason for that? Was it like... Okay, yeah, because it was I d- a really odd th- I thing. don't think it was a case of Michael Bean refusing to come back and I don't think it was a case of Carrie Henn refusing to come back. I think they just made this really shit decision. This film had like 97 scripts running around and they'll, they end up going with this one of the alien let loose on a prison planet and Ripley being the sole female among all these criminals and...
1: With a buzzed head. Yeah. Because he, he couldn't... Cause is it was a lice, lice or something yeah, and everyone yeah. had to have a buzz. Yeah.
0: And so there's so many complaints about this film. All the characters look the same because they've all got shaved heads and... Mm. and There's no one likable because they're all either guards in this facility and, you know, abusing people or people who have done horrendous things and everything else. I can get past all that. I think it's really well filmed. I think the assembly cut, can't call it director's cut because David Fincher refuses to have anything to do with this film. Mm. He has officially like said basically, yes, I know it's my first film, but I don't want nothing. I'll never talk about it. He's never appeared on any of the copious amounts of supplemental features about all the Alien films. He just will not take Do part. we know why? Was it, there was oh, a he got burned issue? by the studio. Oh, really? Yeah, the studio. He wasn't big enough and powerful enough in to his first his way. Um, Yeah, so he just lost every argument, every decision. So they
1: had to make it, he had to make it their way. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so, I, I mean, that's a, I'm very much summarizing, but that's my understanding yeah, yeah, of yeah. the situation. So, it, I guess it turned him into the director that he's become and the powerhouse that he is now, 30 years later, and indeed, I mean, he hasn't made a lot of films in the last that's five, true, seen
1: Neil Finch lately, yeah.
0: Yeah, so what, Gon- was Gone was, Gon- was his last film? I, I remember, yeah. No, I'm missing something else, I am missing something else. Yeah, who knows, but yeah. Okay, well, cool. Um, but yeah, I like this movie, I think, I think it's there's a lot of thrilling elements to it, and yeah, people should give oh, Mank, Mank is what he did, of course. That's right. Yeah. Do you like Alien Resurrection more, or, or less than this? Because I remember- I like Resurrection more until the last 20 minutes. Yeah. The ending of this film is so much better than the ending of Resurrection, it's not funny.
1: The resurrect, Alien Resurrection Was that done by the same director Who did Delicatessen? Yes And yeah. the short
0: City of Lost Children Because I remember going Oh they to him and Joss an We hate each other Do they? Yeah
1: Oh yeah That makes sense <laughs> uh, Okay nice one Number four Okay My number three is Josie and the Pussycats Ha <laughs> <laughs> The pussy cats. Now I've rewatched this movie many, My many times. See,
0: even Paul can can recognize that the theme song is catchy as. But I think that one comes from the, the 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 cartoon theme song, not the TV show. Or do they do the, on I, the movie as well? I'll be
1: honest with you, I can't remember. Okay. But uh, this one stars Rachel Lee Cook and um, uh, what's the American Pie girl? Tara Reid. Tara Reed and um. Mina Sivani?
0: Mina Siv- No, no, not her.
1: It's her read. and Laura Birch? Not Tora Birch, or at least not that I know of. It's the... What's her name? She's in... She was an American, boy. I don't know where I got her from. She's a Tano. She's... Um, Bridget Wilson? Nope, no. Nope. <laughs> African-American girl. Oh, no.
0: Sorry, that's not Bridget Wilson?
1: <laughs> no. Rosario Dawson. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't know. Just blacked out for there for a second. Not sure why. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, this film is... I thought it would just be some stupid sort of, like, young person kind of comedy thing. Turns out, when I saw it, first of all, it's all about boy bands, and it's got a hell of times, like, it's really self-aware and very meta, giving themselves shit. For example, there's this boy band at the beginning who crashed in a plane, and Seth Meyer and, Bre- uh, sorry, Seth Green and all these people there. And Meyer. Yeah, they're all the people who are actually... Um, they're called Dujour, and uh, it's just a uh, gags about stupid things like the poses they do and stuff like that.
0: But the yeah, but I don't think if I've seen this film. Oh, it.
1: I'm telling you, it's surprisingly awesome and surprisingly piss funny. Now the uh, apart from the fashion and all the things going on in there, it actually does have um a lot as a really stacked cast with like iconic cameos that are in there. But even parts of it that were actually I don't really get, like film school on you, but the the character melody who's supposed to be an airhead is actually quite subversive because she's like um you know she's got positive attributes that are highlighted more than a negative ones and she's actually never treated like a silly hoe she's actually treated like a good character the actual film itself has pure gag clarity that carries like its reference wow. all the way through. Okay. I'm telling you, it's a surprise and it doesn't work out so well, but I mean, for, for like the greater public, because I think everyone thinks this is a piece of shit. And frankly, so did I until I saw it. But I'm telling you, Josie and the Pussycats is actually worth a look. One guy okay. talking. Okay. One guy talking.
0: Yeah, I think that brings up a good point, that if you've never seen the films they're talking about and you're just assuming they're shit. Which I, I did I until think, I saw it. I don't think you're allowed to assume things are shit until you've seen them. Yeah, but then we also... You shouldn't be able to. Like, yeah, in the same way, like, oh, I've never tried that food... You know, so I guess maybe I should just not assume ass plays bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Paul. Get your tongue finger in somewhere and no. then let's talk.
1: Oh, or get someone's tongue of finger in oh. you. and the- Oh, there it is. I love making Paul a squirm, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: My number three, moving right along, is a film which we often acknowledge as being a guilty pleasure. It's most where most people think this franchise went off the rails is on this film. But you and I firmly believe it's the third film, so I won't get any dissension from you with this one. I'm not going to go into any more detail. I think even last week we talked about it because I had the next film on my most disappointing films of all time. I'm talking about The Matrix Reloaded. Uh, which one is that? The second one. The second one. The second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people hate this thing. great. Best action sequences of the whole fucking series, Mm. like even better than the first film, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it doesn't hold up anywhere near as well as that film, and there's too much sort of pontificating, and it's getting too far up its own ass even here when when we get to the end. It ended weird and boring. Is what happened was that didn't help. But then there's it did have the rave in this film. I have since checked and confirmed for myself not in the revolutions because I I hate that scene so much. I want to put it into that film, so that does drag this one down. But overall. I walked out of Reloaded being excited for Revolutions and had Revolutions nailed the landing, it could have been the greatest trilogy of all time. But unfortunately, it was even worse that made this film, I think retrospectively worse by comparison
1: metrics yeah that all happened especially with the very last one
0: but i remember you and me going
1: to see this with the expectation of how because it was all over the news it was like how are the wachowskis gonna top matrix how are they gonna do that then you and me walk into the cinema and i don't know what it was about us that day or what mood we were in we saw it our mouths were agape even with the weirdness at the end and we walked out and you said to me that actually lived up to the hype and then the fucking world crashed in and talk yeah. about how shit it was. And, and then the third one was a fucking weirdo thing as well. So, but, yeah,
0: I remember. I, I like it. I continue to like it. I own it on 4K. I still watch the best sequences in this movie. What is the best sequences? Oh, the, it's a car chase. The car chase, The yeah, car yeah. chase is incredible. And then the fight at the chateau before that, Merovingian chateau before that, is awesome as well. Yes, the burly brawl with all the Hugo Weavings who... Yeah,
1: yeah, that was the bit They looked like a, like, just... And know you said ages, CGI yes. but it was supposed yeah. to be in a film but it didn't. the other scenes didn't actually look Yeah, exactly. CGI, so, so I
0: could, I could forgive most of that but yeah that that didn't look great they really they pushed it too far at that particular point but I
1: think that was one of the first times we had heard that they were filming two movies in the same production yes so well actually why. Back to Future 2 and 3 oh 2 you know, and 3 you're right you're right
0: alright so that's my number 3 The Matrix Reloaded
1: alright my number 2 is I don't even know why I like this one but I do It's Now You See Me <laughs> And this is one of those ones that I can't explain why I like it, because it's
0: about... (laughs) It's a fucking magic trick. That's what it is. It
1: is is a magic trick. Everyone, this night you see me, I'm sure you know it, but it's a heist movie in which a group of magicians use their skills of deception and manipulation and fucking what else to steal millions of dollars, outsmart the FBI, and teach the world the true meaning of magic. Okay? It's completely as hokorama as you think it is, all right? And, you know, J.C. Eisenberg, like James Fran... I mean, David Franco... (laughs) You know, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. um, And, you know, Woody Harrelson. uh, Isla Fisher from our hometown? That has nothing to do with it. Um, It is, of course, not a top-level movie. But it seems strange to pretend that it's not at least a little bit interesting to watch, you know, all of these big stars uh, trying to sell the idea of magic and take magic very seriously for 115 minutes. Now, I know for a fact that the ending of this movie... Makes zero, actually literally after about
0: 30 minutes, yeah.
1: none of it makes sense. And all of the, the premises. Yeah, yeah,
0: we still had a Now You See Me too, which we did for the podcast. Which I also kind of enjoyed. Oh. I don't know what it is about these films, Paul, but like. It, I think, you are, I, I will explain this to you now. Yeah, you on. Here's an insight into Wayne. Please. Which I'm going to give him live. i love to know. Live on air. Please, go on, Psych. You are strangely apologetic slash interested, obsessed with magic.
1: Yeah, I am. I am. I'm, I'm actually, I think you're right. I am oddly into it because I want to be deceitful. Yes. You, want, you want to be a magician. You are. I do, even though I know that that's the number one way to get no pussy. <laughs> All right? It's like. It's like <laughs> so, I mean.
0: Beyond living with your mom in a basement and reading comic books all the time. Yeah, that might be number one.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know what? The opening of this film, it's just got this voiceover of your favorite, Jesse Eisenberg, oh, saying, let me warn you, I want you to follow, because no matter what you think you might know, we'll always be one step, three steps, seven steps ahead of you, and just when you think you're catching up, that's when we'll be right behind you. And it's a shit like that, which how is like, How would you like to shut my butt? I know. And again, all the way through the film, Mark Ruffalo, who I forgot to mention, mm. is in this as the FBI agent. And I'm just going to spoil it for you now in case you haven't seen it, okay? All, all right, the spoilers, way to, fast spoilers. forward for the
0: next 30 seconds for now you see me. Three, right. two,
1: one. Three, two, one. And he's an exasperated F- Mark Ruffalo FBI agent. He's assigned to catch them. And all the way through, he's doing weird things like shooting at the characters and stuff, which, if he hits them and stuff, it actually, or he orders people to shoot at the characters. He has no control over whether he hits mm. the character or not. At the end of the he's the fucking big magician guy.
0: And apparently this was his plan all along. Yeah. But he's making calls that would not serve yeah. him at the end. And basically, at that point in time, I just need to say the writers. First, take a big yeah, step back I mean, and literally fuck enough.
1: your own face! I think that the actual, even with all of these things happening at the end, going, this makes zero <laughs> sense... I walk out of it going, I still had quite a good time watching them in the big arenas and James Franco's throwing a card that goes out through the, climb, through the this massive thing and cuts a fucking carrot in the air. Shit like that, it was really cool to watch. I don't know why I like it. Even the second one, the big I bad guy. I just told guy, you why you like it. I know, but it's Harry Potter and the second one is the bad guy. Literally, Daniel Radcliffe is mm. playing him. So, I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you that Woody Harrelson, this is the worst. I, I've, I've liked him the worst in this movie, but I still like the whole movie overall. Fair so, enough. it's weird. It's weird, people. What are you going to do? All right. Also, the sequel should have been called Now You Don't, but they fucking called it Now You See
0: Me Too." You know what I'm saying? They should have called it Now You See Me as well.
1: (laughs) No, Now You See Me, then Now You Don't. That's the fucking saying. How about
0: Now You See Me, Colin, Now You Don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would have been better, except Colin. (laughs)
0: The colon's necessary, trust me. My number two is a film which, on paper, sounds ridiculous. But I want you to bear with me here, Wayne, because I know you like this film too. It's also directed by Rennie Harlan, and it's from 1999. And this is a film in which Thomas Jane uh. and Saffron Burrows and... <laughs> Michael Rapaport, and LL Cool J, and Samuel L. Jackson, and Stellan Skarsgård, and some random Australian chick, all go up against super smart sharks. It's oh, deep sh- blue sea! You like deep blue sea, huh? Nah, come on, you <laughs> like deep blue sea. We all like deep blue sea. We like it, Apparently, we don't. Well, the poor CGA sharks. The poor That's CGI the only Poor sharks, yes. Well, come got one of the greatest death scenes in movie history, but more importantly than that, this film is so much fun. It's so ridiculous. It's so hard to do a good fucking shark movie after Jaws this is Honestly, actually, this arguably, made... this might be the second best fucking shark. No, movie it probably ever made. is. Because in not... my estimation, and I know everyone out there just went, "Get fucked, Paul. You're an idiot." But there aren't any like what? What do you got, Sharknado? When I say second best made, I mean I've enjoyed it second most.
1: Yeah, like there's between the two. I Oh, there's daylight, pick... daylight between yeah, Jaws and this. So, don't get me like, wrong. I don't even know that they did. But this make is a, a better movie than
0: Jaws two, as far as I'm concerned. I enjoyed this way more. Forget about Jaws three. and Jaws the Revenge. That's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, pick another good film about other shallows is pretty good
1: that'd be up there oh, is it a shark movie okay yep. I haven't seen it uh, yes I do agree that the this one for it's time I remember Rennie Harlan was saying I challenge anyone to pick which sharks <laughs> which sharks are CGI and which sharks are real I'm like Rennie you're fucking drunk it is obvious that those flipping well, ass sharks that are you know, breaking
0: up with Gina Davis is clearly done oh yeah here. it's fucked you up yeah. man it's fucked you up so yes
1: that on that side of things fine but then again when did it come out like fucking 90s
0: you have to accept that the poor CGI you do Okay, that that's fine. But the other bits, the set pieces, the you know, they climb up this fucking shoot, and the sharks are coming after him. Oh, cool! Jay is hiding on the thing. He's, he's gonna, a cook. He's gonna burn the, the fucking shark in, right. in the in the oven. And all that. Oh my, This film is so much fun, and it's so unpredictable because they didn't cast it with these. Well, Samuel Jackson was the biggest name in 1999. He goes, yeah. Yep. Like, well, who, so who the fuck is Thomas Jane? Who's Saffron Burrows? Thomas but, Jane's the Punisher, Paul. <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, the cool thing about Thomas Jane was he was, the, he was like, I guess, the shark wrangler, kind of. And he was in the water with these sharks. And when a shark comes to attack him, he's got to move where he somehow...
0: CGI's his
1: way onto his back. Well, well yeah, he actually somehow kicks off from the shark's nose, flips in the air, and then hangs onto its dorsal. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm sorry, but it is. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I love this movie unabashedly. I'm sorry, unironically, deeply, See, I know people who've watched it after us who didn't see it at the cinema will be like, what is this piece of shit? Uh yeah, I get you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die on this hill. I'm That's not gonna this whole argue show. with you. This whole it.
1: show is like you guys are drunk, yeah.
0: so fair enough.
1: All right, man. Well we're time to we're at yep. number one. Ten to one. Here we go. My ten is your highness. You're gonna throw up everyone. Nine, <laughs> the bonfire of the vanities. Eight, lost in space, da-dun, da-dun. Seven, sky captain in the world tomorrow. You're right. Six, cradle to the grave. Sure. Five Where The, the Adventures of Fort Fairway. Great <laughs> choice. Four. Judge Dredd. yeah boy. Three, right. Josie and the Pussycats. Two Was motherfucking now you see me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my number one now I couldn't leave this one off because everyone hates me for liking this one it's The Saint it's yes. The Saint alright everyone yes. for, for those who don't know in 1997 there was a film called The Saint and it was done by Philip Noyce <laughs> and it was about the it's from the Roger Moore TV show with Simon Templar who is I guess he's a spy but he's sort of a freelancer essentially he stays one step ahead of the law all the time outswindling gangsters and protecting good guys and charming hoes now he's also played by Val Kilmer And the film itself is much maligned. In fact, the opening scene is quite dreadful, where um, (laughs) it's him as a young boy, and he says he's in an orphanage, he defies his abusive guardians, declares his name to be Simon Templar, and does some rebellious shit, which ends up with some girl dying. That's the whole opening thing, then it cuts to him. Oh, you
0: mean awful as in awful because some poor girl dies? I just thought you meant awful because the fucking film sucks.
1: Yeah. Uh, probably <laughs> as a reason for that. But however, it finds its way. The second lead Val Kilmer comes over, in my opinion, to take over the lead. And he's and it's, look, it could have been a wicked franchise. I reckon it could have been. Because it's all got like Elizabeth Shue in it. You know what got in the way
0: of it? <laughs> Shitness.
1: <laughs> no, what actually got in the way of it was The Island of Dr. Moreau, where everyone just lost faith in Val Kilmer and anything he touched. Now, the reason I love this film, ladies and gentlemen, is that it is, the, to my mind, the most prolific example of... 90s tech, okay? Oh, Val Kilmer walks around with the Nokia 9000 communicator phone, which when you flip it up, turns into a full keyboard. Back in the day, that was novel, my friend. Yes, it was the size of a small house. Doesn't matter, <laughs> all right? He also had this sweet, sweet fucking pocket knife thing, which had things like a blowtorch oh, in it. God. It, it. It was back. fucking great. I've always wanted a thing like that, Paul. That is the EDC dream. Some device that for some reason, impossibly, has shit on it. How could it have a blowtorch on it, man? It was literally the size exactly. of a pocket knife. But it works. And it really, really looked cool. And I was very big on it. So, yes, as romantic thrillers go, which is what it is, Paul, Elizabeth Shoe, it's kind of dubious. But... <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, um, the actual... The, the 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 Templar actually declares him to be a genuine saint. Because you have to do all these things to be a saint. You have to perform one miracle. And you have to do this. And you have to do that. And he actually does it all by the end of the film. The
0: actual only miracle <laughs> of this film... Yeah. It's the fact that Wayne <laughs> still fucking champions it. I've seen to this, this film, day. I reckon, at least 15 times. Somewhere in the annals of the <laughs> podcast history, poor Justin and Chrissy from the So I Married a Movie Geek oh, podcast yeah. oh, came yeah. on the show and we reviewed this film together. And even they struggle to find anything... I understand. ...positive about it. And hence film. the show.
1: It is a guilty pleasure <laughs> that I'm not that guilty about, to be honest with you. Because it's almost fun now when people shit on me about it. But
0: there you are. Uh, oh, I'm right insane. there with you. My number one fits that same brief. Well, let's go. I, I take pleasure out of people shitting on me for this one. I've gone on podcasts to defend it. But I'll get there in a second after I reveal my 10 through. That's it. absolutely, I'm glad that one made your list. Yeah. No League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I can't remember the No, they are. They're all one. honorable mentions because you should heard have been there. should have been there, but still, I'm sure we've heard you talk about, <laughs> about the fucking Saint. We've done a whole review on oh, it. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's an absolutely huge. <laughs> but I, had, I couldn't I could not have it on there. To the T. It was to me. My 10 then. 2012. Nine. Cloud Atlas. Eight. Tango and Cash. Seven. Resident Evil. Six. The Last Action Hero. Five. Jason X. Four. Alien 3. Three. The Matrix Reloaded, Two Deep Blue Sea, and my number one film, where I've sat on a podcast and defended this film, mm. even though I'm known to be pretty critical and harsh about scoring and ratings and this the like. Is, yeah, this is true. Is a Bruce Willis Michael Bay film. It's called a little tiny film. It's called Armageddon.
1: Oh my god. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we do get a lot of heat about this one, don't we? I, you I, I yeah, like I know one. you like it as well. I think I like it more than you. Yeah, because, because I can't I, get past the fucking Animal Crackers Yes, thing. I, and I can, because it's, it's 90 seconds in an otherwise flawless film. <laughs> flawless? <laughs> now you're playing jazz, my friend. Okay. 1998. Look, this film, oh, it's just so much right. This is Bay at his, as far as I'm concerned, peak. He did 13 hours, good film. That is a good film. He did Bad Boys. Lots of people like it. I think Bad Boys 2 was extreme. Could have been on this list, to be honest. Bad Boys 2. I like Bad Boys 2. Very too. close. Except
1: for the ending, Bad Boys 2 was great.
0: But this film is like, it's just the right level of his over-the-top ridiculous patriotism with his love of penchant of low angles up, looking up. This is with, before he
1: behemed out. Yeah, it's
0: not <laughs> him to the point where there's so much over-editing you can't tell what's going on. Like yes. the Transformers films is before that, that. so... We've kind of just got him at his kind of peak, and there's so many beautiful shots in this movie. But more importantly, you give a crap about these characters. I do anyway. Like Harry, and even Ben Affleck, and you know, everyone loves to shit on Ben Affleck because he's successful and he's handsome, and he's been a cunt, and he's you know he's smug and he's arrogant. But apparently and, he's, and he's like married J Lo now. J Lo now, and fucking Jennifer Garner. And Jennifer Garner, and like, what, how's that for a one-two? Of course punch? they hate him. Do you know he's 6'5"? He's six-five. Yeah,
1: he's, he's a, a big guy. And his head is massive, apparently. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, he's got he's got it all.
0: So, you know, more power to him. <laughs> Liv Tyler, more, never more beautiful. I love Will Patton as a supporting actor. Steve Buscemi, okay, arguably his character is a bit ridiculous, but William Fitch is one of the greatest character actor supporters of all time. We I love, love Bill
1: Fitch. Wow,
0: in this film as well, in a small role. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is. And has, it has a line of dialogue in this film that I use to this day in therapy. Owen Wilson? Yeah. In which one? He's like... You're getting strapped in when they're going to take off. And he's like, I'm like 99% terrified, 1% excited. Or maybe it's the other way around. I can't tell. That's why it's so intense. Yeah. Because yeah. the flip side of excitement is anxiety. Yes. It's exactly the same mechanisms in the body that fire. It's just how you interpret it. Mm. And when you emphasize that to people, explain that to people, it's like this light bulb moment for a lot of people. Like, oh, shit. There you go. Yeah. See? Owen Wilson is saving lives through Paul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs>
0: I love this movie and right to the point even where this is back when Michael Michael Bruce Willis gave a fucking shit and he rewrote the end of this he said I have to die yes insisted that because it would make the movie yes. better and, and it, it did, did. it, it most definitely did. did who would have thought he was going to die no way there's no way they're going to let Ben Affleck's character die, but someone else you would have thought, oh, I'll do it, William not in Oh, character.
1: if I had to pick someone dying, it would be Ben Affleck before I knew that his yes. resource was going. So, I mean, you know, that's the, that's the big painful one because she's like, oh, but yeah, yeah, this was definitely the right move. Uh, yes, look, I'm One again- of the most
0: amazing scores of all time by Trevor Rabin, as far as I'm concerned. This is one of the best 90s scores ever put to film as well. I listen to it probably weekly. Really? I will hear a track from this yeah, and, and not fast score. Ah, okay, Oh again, not bad, not bad That's my number one Look, we are running so long on this episode, Wayne I guess we are being a bit (laughs) indulgent in our guilty pleasures today Just run me down your honourable mentions Sure,
1: booty call, Lake Placid (laughs) Column uh, oh, okay. Knight, Starsky and Hutch, Strip Tease, Cocktail, Juice Bigelow, The Last Dragon, Demolition Man, and Cruel Intentions. Oh, and
0: Police Academy 4. I don't know why. Sharon <laughs> <Jaring laughs> Stone. Yeah, that <laughs> might be it. I think she was 3. I can't remember. Nah, she was in 4. 4. Yeah. On Patrol. There you go. Uh, all right. I-, I said that really like I knew what I was talking about. I'm not sure. Uh, 2 is either. the first mission or something. Citizen Patrol was 4. Definitely for sure. I reckon that was the one she was in. Yeah, we do. Uh, you think I would know. Uh, mine, Conair. Maximum, maximum Overdrive what? Shoot 'em Up Your favourite Piece of shit Wild Things Oh fair enough <laughs> Teen Wolf And Charlie's Angels
1: Oh good good Teen Wolf I remember We could have had
0: This could have been a top 20 We could have had a, like a Two part episode for this one I think, yeah, I think you're for right. sure you're right. What about your feedback On the topic at hand We cover that in a segment Which ends every episode It's called The Pop 10 Talk,
1: Talk about.
0: about Pop 10 Talk about off this week's pop ten with Joel Zabaras. He said number three, Doolittle, two thousand and twenty. Oh, really? Number two, isn't it romantic? Which I don't even know. Mm. And then number one, I would think the first film would fall into this, but My Big Fat Greek Wedding two, <laughs> two. I saw the first I've one because I it. was forced to. I've never seen either one. That's uh, that sounds like an amazing call. what well, done, <laughs> Joel. Good, I like it that. I like the way. Josh Ragland said number three, Son in Law. Holy shit! Uh. Oh shit! Number two, Slackers, the one with Devin Sauer and Jason Segal. I don't know if I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. And number one, Super Troopers.
1: Oh, okay. A lot of people like that one.
0: David Breyer said number three, The Core. That's fucking, fucking hell.
1: You know what? I hope everyone said
0: fucking hell to everyone on my, my choices, which I'm sure they did. Because <laughs> that's what this show is. Number two, Battleship. <laughs> and the one, I think actually like this one, right? Vanilla Sky. I love, hate that one. Okay, Tom Cruise, fair enough. Stephen Croon said number three, Grandma's Boy, never seen it. Adam Sandler.
1: Oh wait, I think it is. Is it number two?
0: Masters of the Universe. Mo yeah. two. <laughs> I couldn't possibly. Put number that on. one. Bloodsport. Is
1: Bloodsport? Blood Bloodsport is good,
0: man. Bloodsport good. I think that's renowned to being. Some
1: decent. people see his, his only good film. First mm. and only.
0: Jason Bar had Shaft in Africa. I'm sorry, but I can't help but enjoy it. It's what the fuck? <laughs> Norbit. Same as above. Wow. Spyheart, Same as above. I don't two. mind.
1: I don't mind a bit of Eddie Murphy's Spy Oh wait, no, that's that's Leslie Nielsen. Nelson. That's yeah. a Nielsen one. Nelson. Oh shit. Yeah.
0: Brianna Petty just had one choice. Biodome. I will not be taking <laughs> questions at this time. <laughs>
1: Paulie Shore, Kylie Minogue, ladies and gentlemen. And someone else, probably.
0: Yeah, very nice. Well done there. Scott Thornton had three Jonah Hex. Jesus, Scott. Wow. <laughs> Number two, The Postman. I also think that's an absolute guilty pleasure because the only way you could like that film is if you're insane. Wayne, what do you think of The Postman?
1: I can't remember. Is it chemical I
0: thought you red? loved that one. <laughs> the Postman.
1: No, I think I like Waterworld. I don't know if I saw The You like Waterworld
0: and Dances with Wolves. I just assume you like The Postman. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. To be fair, The Postman's not bad. And number one, I don't know if this one qualifies for me personally because mm. I don't think there's a guilty pleasure. I love it unabashedly. Scott Pilgrim versus The World.
1: It's because it flopped. Okay. I think that because I- But I, doesn't I, it have I, a so, cult following? Don't people love that I, movie? I think so, but like that's the thing about this guilty pleasure thing. You could say anything yeah, about you it. Yeah, you know, it's fine.
0: Uh, Drew Helen from the Real Feels podcast had Paul Mart- Paul Blart, sorry, More Cop. <laughs> Well, The aforementioned Waterworld and Dungeons and Dragons with Jeremy Irons circa whatever that year was.
1: So that wasn't the Scott Wolf no Dungeons and... Oh, yeah yeah Scott God. Wolf I Yeah think. it was yep, Scott Wolf yep, yep. Yeah, Okay wow.
0: Francis Book had an epic movie it makes me laugh so much sure it's crude and all over the place but it's a great parody oh of a my ton God. of films.
1: Wow that was, that was, that's one of those like scary uh, not yep, scary movie yeah, ones yep. Yeah.
0: Wanderlust my favourite Jennifer Aniston film Funny, Hey I love that show is, also is, is, yeah well acted and unique. It is unsung. Paul Rudd, Jennifer Aniston, very, very funny. Never seen it. This last one gets my goat. I have to agree. Like, wow, Francis. But uh, Hook, so good. One of my favourite movies ever. Got panned, though. Yes, it should have. <laughs> Such a fun watch and some emotional moments, too. I couldn't believe how bad that film was. But I, lo- I love I love like that you love it. You like Hook? No. Nah. Luke Alexander, Sharknado 5. Oh, come on, mate. What do you expect? I could only imagine. Two Euro trip? Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. The Mad Damon. Scotty doesn't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. And number one, Grown Ups. I've never, seen, never it, seen it, but a lot
1: of people do say that. Maybe it's not as bad as we think, Paul. We just saw the trailer and we'd get fucked. Okay.
0: <laughs> Brad Hargis from the Cinema Guys podcast. Brad has... It's Fest okay. in, in our group of podcasting friends, which Brad and I are members. And so, like, if he likes a film, it's, it's probably pretty shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so
1: he's like me. Go on, go on.
0: And <laughs> he really embraces the C grade, D grade. Oh, okay. so, so these like ones you know are going to be hardcore. Number three, Candy Corn. Don't even know if I've uh, seen that horror no film. No idea, no idea. Number two, Hudson Hawk. Fucking hell.
1: <laughs> I fucking hate Hudson Hawk.
0: And number one, Resident Evil, the entire series I love to my core. He also said, honorable mentions to Crabs, a film I watched this year, which might make my top 10 worst films of the year. Yes, yeah,
1: he's just trying to fuck <laughs> And he said, here.
0: this one is for Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Luke James had number three, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
1: What up, dog?
0: Number two, Jumper. Oh, Creighton Christensen. And number one, Crappy. I mean, Chappy.
1: Never saw that one. Yeah, though. it's shit.
0: shit it's terrible. Go. Chris and Icaro had Charlie's Angels 2019. Not even the fucking original Not one. Not even the fucking McGee one. Yeah, the, the the new one, fan of the OGs, and just really had a good time being back in this outrageous lady detective sphere. <laughs> number two, yeah, Deep Blue Sea, the sharks, they swim backwards, but they can't do that. Postel and Stars Guards, sp- pissing into the wind, and <laughs> SLG's death, chef's kiss. And number one, wow, passengers. Sure, I hear you, and I see the problems with it, but sure. Sh- uh,
1: I don't mind Challenges I know everyone hated it I don't mind it
0: Last two then To wrap it up David Power patron extraordinaire Facebook listening community Pod moderator Number three once again Hudson Hawk This is hands down Willis' second Greatest film The fuck are you talking about <laughs> It's a perfect version Of a comedic action hero it Makes sense Because he wrote it himself And he and Daniel Are one of the best Buddy duos ever What the fuck That's like a thousand percent wrong <laughs> <Number two. laughs> Grease 2, Fifer, Rex Manning. If I'm honest, I like this more than the original.
1: Wow. Oh, look, I never saw that one, but I'm imagining.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I've i only seen moments of Grease 2, and I will never, never will darken my eyelids with all of that shit. Actually, I will darken my eyelids when it's put on. I'll fall asleep. The pirate movie, number one. I know Gidget has my back on this one. Gidget Von La Rue. Produced by the father of one of my best mates in primary school. All right. Well, hang on a second here. Wait, is that, is that a porno movie?
1: No. Pirates, Triple X? No. Okay. You just
0: add the Triple X. I'm sure that one is a porno. Yeah, it was like a, it was a highly produced porno. I don't think he's talking about that one. I think it's literally called The Pirate Movie. Oh, never heard of it. Uh, the semi-modernization of Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Pond's Yeah, definitely not the porno. the classic songs, modern pop songs, and has pop culture references. And then it, he kept talking, but I didn't hit the no No, I, I would stop now, <laughs> if I were you. <laughs> and lastly, Etion Philion Survey said so Charlie the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton one. Artificial Intelligence and Mulan Rouge. Ah. He's a, he's, a, he's a renaissance man, this fellow. He absolutely is. Thank you. Everyone got back to us. Sorry I couldn't get through everyone and I'm sure we want to make a crack now but maybe we did. But no, we ran long this episode, not the listeners. Yeah. So no, we actually did. I've been talking for a long time. Sorry, April. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening to this big episode. The third last, the current iteration of the show, Wayne. We have two big episodes to wrap up. Episode 3. No, I don't, you don't need to. I'll do it. Okay, you do it, Paul. Episode 399, the top 10 television shows of all time Oh, flat oh. out, bam! Our favorite ten television shows. No fucking what's I'm looking for here. Criteria. It's just the ten best shows of all time. Not comedy. Not drama. Not sci-fi. Not anything. It's just the ten best. Huge all call. thrown together. Huge call. That's episode three ninety-nine. Episode four hundred. Our top ten favorite films of all time. You're going to finally. Gonna do that. You're going to have to, because that's what this show requires, Wayne. You're going to have to sort through and give us the definitive ranking, ten through one. And we're going to ask for, I don't know, we're going to get the listeners involved in some way for that one, which is a big moment. Yeah, let's see how podcast, it goes. Not many podcasts make it to 400. Not many podcasts make it to 400 and then decide to change things up. That's How many what podcasts we're make it to 10, Paul? <laughs> Yeah, most shows pod fade before within the that's first right. year that is pod 100% fade. true 20. so uh, that's what we've got coming up we hope you're going to join us for those massive episodes there have been some uh, some big downloads these last couple of weeks That we I think just throw the words all time in every episode title done <laughs> and that will get people involved So that's my solution there you are there's your, my podcasting tip to all <laughs> podcasters out there put all time in every topic that you describe Paul the SEM specialist. <laughs> SEM specialist there you go thank you so much for joining us again thank you for all your support of the show Wayne's already mentioned at the top of the show, you can get in touch with us. I think that's good enough, other than the podcast, the countdownpodcast.com for links to all our socials, like and follow the show on Podbean, and uh get involved on some of the other players like Good Pods, which is a great place to listen to us as well. Thank you so much. My name's Paul. My name's Wayne. And this has been the absolutely essential in all other ways. Haven't brilliant we been running long, long enough <laughs> I am in your general direction. Message from soundboard to Wayne. we catch you next time. See ya!